CarCast 2.0. Welcome to the show. This is the Two Stripes Podcast. I'm Colton Denning. I am once again in a car on the way home from a football game. This time I am not driving. The wonderful love of my life, my girlfriend, is driving home. Do you want to get in on this one? Or sure. You, could, you can say what all the people who hate me want to say <laughs> if, if you want to do it. I would just say that we we don't shy away from many haters and just keep keep begging him on because that is really what drives you don't want to you don't want to say the line you can you no. can you can say the line that that everybody dies to say on Twitter that hates me if you hate him tell him to say Colton Denning can eat a bag of dicks eat a bag of dicks Colton Denning that's how we're starting today's show. <laughs> like, subscribe, Two Stripes Podcast on Spotify, on Apple. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Two Stripes Pod. Subscribe to the website. First and foremost, that is the most important thing. Two Stripes CPD.com. Uh, I put up, uh, if you want to read this, if you're listening in the morning, I put up my 15 favorite uh, moments from Ohio State Notre Dame history. Go and check that out. A um, bunch of other stuff. Ten takeaways from the week. A bunch of other great content up there. I think you will love it. I think uh, it's the best college football site on the internet. I'll say that. So subscribe there. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. All right. We're leaving this game. We're driving home from San Jose State Air Force. Uh, it was a pretty good game for the first half. San Jose State was up 20 to 17 I think at the end of the first half and then Air Force just absolutely bludgeoned the life out of them. They ran for I think it was 400 yards on the dot. It was either that or 402 yards. Uh in the last two games that we've been to um cuz we didn't go to any games last year together, but we went to Stanford Utah in 2021, the game where Utah won 52 to 7 and they ran for 452 yards. So the last last two games we've been to together, we have seen uh two teams that have just run the hell out of the ball and we love to see that. Um so not a lot a lot of takeaways from uh Air Force San Jose State other than, you know, we're we're upset that our boys got got slammed like that, but we also appreciate Air Force. Um and Game ops at San Jose State, awful. We need new game ops people. We need new music, new everything. There's only so many times you can hear Thunderstruck on uh, third down or Sandstorm on a kickoff. So that that's my big takeaway from Air Force San Jose State. But I thought I'd just record a short podcast here on the way back since I didn't do a preview uh, this week. And it's going to be a wild slate of games tomorrow if you're you're either listening to this really really late or really really early and you know at this point I can't really I can't really break down everything happening tomorrow but it's going to be a crazy game and uh or a crazy day and I thought I'd just talk a little bit about kind of how I'm feeling about week four here because we have I think what six ranked matchups going on tomorrow um, and then a couple of other really good games that I think you need to keep your eye out for. But uh, I guess the main one, and I mean, I'll talk about it 
extensively in scarlet and gray stripes, which you can also listen to on this feed, is Ohio State Notre Dame. And I got to be honest, I don't really know what to think about this game. I don't know what to feel. I haven't thought a ton about Ohio State Notre Dame this week. Um, I, I feel like I'm definitely getting more amped as the week has gone on. But like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what to think because, you know, as the, as I'm thinking about Ohio State right now, there's just so much that, like, needs to be proven, I guess, and this is the first time we're going to see this, this group, whether it's Kyle McCord or, you know, even, I, gosh, I guess, like, the defense or not the skill guys, you know, Marvin Harrison and Mecca Abuka, we know what they can do, but just this group as a whole, you know, this is a whole different, this, this group has a chance to write their own story, I guess, is the best way to put it, and, you know, regardless of whether you think Notre Dame is a top five team or playoff caliber or whatever, they're going to have to go on the road to do it, and I think it's going to be something where it's, it's really sink or swim for this group and Ryan Day, and, like, I, I feel like they should win. I feel like they're the better team, and I I feel like you know twenty seven twenty four something like that is probably what we're gonna see from this game. But I just really don't know what to expect, and I've been wondering like you know how am I gonna feel if they win comfortably? How am I gonna feel if they lose? Like am I gonna be volcanic? I don't I don't know, but in my eyes, this is a game where Ohio State is the better team, and I think that the defense in particular, I think we're going to see just how good they are. Uh, and I think that it's going to, this is going to be the moment where we can finally be like, okay, this isn't just a defense that feasts on either bad offenses or, you know, Western Kentucky isn't a bad offense, but it's, you know, a group of five school. So we're going to learn a lot. Um, I'm really excited for it. And it's a game that I think can can do a lot not only for this group of players, but it can do a lot for Ryan Day because having that scalp on your wall of Notre Dame on the road, I, I think that that's a big deal. So excited to see how that plays out. And, of course, you can listen to my thoughts on it uh, on the podcast later later this week on Scarlet and Gray Stripes. And hopefully, since I haven't posted any Ohio State highlights this season yet, uh, hopefully there will be some highlights to post of that. That's probably a good segue to a team that I've been posting basically all my highlights of this year and the other team that I root for in Colorado who plays one of those other ranked games against Oregon on the road. Um, Honestly, this is a game where, like, I don't know what to think about Ohio State-Notre Dame, and I feel like I kind of know how CU-Oregon is going to play out. I think Oregon the last time I checked was, like, 21-point favorites. Um, I don't feel great about it in the sense that I think CU is, is going to win. I think this is the game where you're really going to see the depth difference between them and, you know, one of the Pac-12's top teams and, you know, arguably could what could be one of the better teams in the whole country in Oregon. And, you know, I think CU's offense, you add uh, Houston transfer, I think Alton McCaskill to it, he's finally got cleared to play he's going to be another home run threat for that CU offense so you know if they can 
honestly, I feel good if they can keep it within two touchdowns. That's that's how I honestly feel about this game. And you're going to have people, you know, if CU gets blown out, if they lose, they could lose 43 to 40, and people are going to pile on and be like, ah, I'm sick of hearing about them. I'm so glad they finally lost. Like, I'm sick of these guys. Get them off my TV. Fuck them. You know, whatever. Which is a weird way to feel about CU, even if you hate Deion Sanders. But that's another story. Um, So I'm just hoping CU fights. I'm not expecting them to go into Oregon and win. But my God, if if they somehow did it, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where we go from here. And the week after this one with CU playing USC. I, I like I don't know how the hype could get any bigger, but uh, I just want to see the boys go out there and fight. And, uh, you know, people are going to pile on them if they lose, and that's just, that's whatever. That's what happens when you're as out there as Deion Sanders is, just publicly and how much he has been in the news. So I think that it's going to be a lot of noise if they lose, but ultimately Colorado's still heading in the right direction. So... I'm not too worried about it. Um, Let's see here. I'm looking at the ESPN app. Boise State, I haven't watched that game. They almost lost. They were up two touchdowns against uh, San Diego State, and they ended up winning 34-31. I only bring it up because of my campaign against Andy Avalos and trying to get him fired. Uh, But I guess good for Boise State for hanging on uh, and winning that game. Uh, Ole Miss, Alabama at 1230 Pacific time the superior time zone. Um, Another game where, like, Alabama has gone through a lot in the first three weeks. The the game against USF last week, when can you ever recall Alabama playing a game like that? I said in the 10 takeaways last week that it it was basically, like, them trying to recreate the 2011 LSU games. Like, it's just been so long since we've seen Alabama play that way, especially with how just like the, the amount of offensive talent they've had in the last four or five years, they're watching them really just kind of struggle with what their identity is offensively and what they're doing is so foreign. But how is that going to shake out against Ole Miss? They're seven-point favorites. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban is always a good time. Lane's been hamming it up on Twitter all week. Ole Miss has the offense – Do they have the offense to do it against this Alabama defense? And what does Alabama look like offensively now with Jalen Milrow back as their starting quarterback? And maybe the more that I talk about all these games, like between Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, between Alabama, Ole Miss, Utah, UCLA, I think Cam Rising's coming back. Utah's six-point favorites. Dante Moore has been a revelation as a freshman for that UCLA offense. I don't know what to think about uh, that game either. I don't really know what to think about Oregon State and Washington State. Both of those offenses do such different stuff, uh, but that's going to be one of the most exciting games of the week. The only game I really feel like I have a read on and I might just be wrong as fuck about is Iowa-Penn State. Penn State's a 14.5 point favorite, but they looked awful against Illinois and Iowa, man, uh, I'll put it out there right now because it's so close to game time that I feel like nobody's going to listen to this. I think Iowa is going to go on the road and beat Penn State tomorrow. I, I felt that way at the start of the season, and uh, nothing that I have seen 
from Penn State makes me feel like they're this elite team that some other people feel like they are. Uh, Brett Bielema and Illinois' defense really made Drew Aller look ordinary last week. So I think that Kirk Ferentz and Iowa can do the same thing. And at the very least, I think it's going to be a close game. But uh, I won't be shocked at all if James Franklin, James Franklin's against Iowa tomorrow and Iowa walks out of State College with a win. Uh, Again, hopefully nobody is listening to this, so I look like an idiot, but I'll throw it out there now. Um, I think those are all the ranked matchups. The only other thing that I really want to talk about, and we only got about, what, five minutes before we get home, um, talk about making stupid picks with Iowa and Penn State. I will make my dumbest pick of the season and say that Florida State is going to lose to Clemson tomorrow. It's going to happen. They're two-point favorites on the road. It's in Death Valley. Clemson's offense has looked like shit, or I guess they look like shit against Duke. And Cade Klubnick still really hasn't thrown the ball downfield at all. I saw somebody, I think it was Bill Conley, post his passing chart or quote tweet something about his passing chart and uh very much nothing beyond like 10 15 yards Uh, and I I don't think they're just going to open it up against Florida State in that defense and that defensive front but uh what I saw from Florida State last week really I never thought they were a playoff contender anyway. I thought they were going to be strong and have another good year, but I I wasn't buying the hype of them being a a playoff team, even after how they beat LSU. Um, LSU made a lot of mistakes in that game. And, you know, I don't feel great that Clemson isn't going to make a bunch of mistakes after watching them against Duke and after watching them struggle against Charleston Southern a couple weeks ago. But it's in Death Valley, and it's a game that Florida State really really needs and it's one if you're uh if you're Mike Norvell you gotta have this one and this is the one where you can point to as the evidence like yeah you beat LSU but Clemson is still the class of the ACC until proven otherwise and I feel like this is one they need and if they get it then I'll probably be I'll be on board I'll be a believer but uh, there's just something about after watching them against Boston College last week where they Boston College had 18 penalties. Seven of those were false starts, and they damn near came back and won the game. And Florida State, I don't know if they tried to hand them the game or what it was, but that looks like a team that is primed either to lose to a team like Boston College just because they're not ready for it or to go into a place like Death Valley and lose because they're not ready for it. And at the risk of sounding like an idiot, I think that Clemson, I I mean, I don't think Clemson is that good either based off of what we've seen, but it's still Clemson at home. And there's just something about Florida state right now where I think they're just primed for a loss. So um, I'm going to roll with Clemson and I'm putting it out there on this podcast what do you what do you think does that sound all right clemson yeah we're rolling clemson tomorrow let's do it that's the early game too so nobody has a chance to listen to it before before it plays um anything else here rutgers michigan i don't know rutgers has a good defense we'll see how 
we'll see how long Rutgers defense can hold up in that game. I do think that that's worth paying attention to after how badly uh, J.J. McCarthy struggled against Bowling Green is that Rutgers has a good enough defense to uh, at least make life tough for them. Um, any of the other ranked teams, USC will not have a problem with Arizona State. North Carolina Pitt won't have a problem there probably. Um, Arkansas LSU is interesting. A little less interesting after Arkansas lost at home to BYU. But, uh, you know, LSU. LSU looked great against Mississippi State, by the way. And again, back to that Florida State LSU game. Like, if you go back and watch that first half, um, I'll get the I'll get the gate here. Uh, who am I talking about? LSU. LSU really threw away some chances in that first half against Florida State. So, uh, and they were so impressive against Mississippi State on the road last week. Malik Neighbors had a big day. Jaden uh, Jaden Daniels had a big day. So LSU is a team to, that you need to keep your eye on. People kind of forgot about them after Florida State, but I would. Uh, I would keep an eye on LSU um, and what they do against Arkansas. Who's Long Island playing? I don't know who Long Island is playing, but we need to we need to watch for that quarterback because he's gonna he's gonna sling it around, and I don't know I don't know if we're going viral again off of it, but uh, that kid's a baller, and he's only seventeen, as we learned from that piece in the Athletic. But we are turning into our parking spot right now. I want to thank you guys for listening. Short one here. Uh, I rambled on through it, but uh, thank you from me and my wonderful girlfriend, and thank you for driving. Um, We're home, though, but subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the website, twostripecpd.com, and let's talk some college football tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for listening. Peace.